Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Jenny Wren. I've been a festival booker for over 15 years. Mom of two, four, if you count the dogs. I've buried my sister and my parents, partied like it was 1999 for over 20 years, modeled for five minutes, worn far too many accessories and not enough self-care. I've had breast cancer and epiphanies. Safe to say, she's been around. You're listening to Hindsight Conversations, where my guests are invited to bring to the table what it is they want to discuss, feel ready to share from where they are in their lives. We meet it together with no agenda. No topic is off limits, from the frivolous to the profound, the gnarly to the joyful, painful to the practical. Red flag moments you can only see when looking back, but looking back to move forward. Join me weekly where we explore the 2020 vision of hindsight. Everyone has it. In this episode, I speak to Aoife McLuhan, a creative events planner, writer, and sea swimmer. She is the founder and chief crack mechanic at the Sing Along Social, a zero-commitment choir designed for people who can't sing. She is the author of Slow at Work, a book about surviving burnout, and she writes a food column for the home supplement of the Sunday Times. She was diagnosed with ADHD in 220 and lives with her dog Daffodil in Connemara on the west coast of Ireland. You can follow her on Instagram at Aoife McLuhan and find out more about her work at aoifemcluhan.com. Where are you at within your life right now that hindsight um, has something to tell us? Hmm. Uh, well, that's a great question. And um, I'm actually in a very very positive space right now to be looking back. Um, I feel like I'm, uh, I think many of us can relate to maybe having kind of different seasons of our, of our lives. And sometimes they don't correspond with the season that is outside the window. So it just so happens that I feel I'm in maybe a spring or a summer, uh, having gone through a huge period of change of, um, of isolation because of the pandemic of the space that that gave me to dig inside and actually to sort of 
against my against my will take away some supports that I've put up around myself, some supports, some crutches, some uh, distractions, and uh, just really dig deep and figure out what my life had been until then and where I want it to go now. So uh, I feel like I've uh, chosen a path and I'm kind of just, I've got like a fresh snack, you know, my like shirt's all clean, got a new outfit and I'm walking ahead with, with great, with great strength actually. And, and with a, f- a feeling of great rest, restfulness and with a greater self-awareness, which is just an amazing place to, to feel, um, to be in. Um, so it's because of hindsight. I think it's because of the reflective time that I had, the privilege I had to, you know, spend time thinking about myself, uh, which a lot of people just don't have the time or even the resources of extra support like therapy or whatever it might be, or podcasts or Brené Brown, whatever. Um, so I do feel enormously privileged that I've been able to use hindsight as a way to have a map for this new road forward. Um, so there's, there's so many things that, uh, that are on my little map or my guidebook. Um, and I think what I'd love to talk to you about today is the, the real true awareness and acceptance that, um, an old belief that I had around shame and being so hard on myself, um, that those are not effective motivators on the path forward. And that actually my, my luggage and load can be a lot lighter and the path can be a lot more enjoyable if I'm not carrying these huge shame monsters with me that at every turn will question, are you sure that's the right way to go? Oh, I don't think they're going to like you in that town or that was stupid. Why did you go that way or whatever? So I think that's, um, uh, yeah, that's something I'm kind of bringing. I'm not bringing forward with me. Thanks to, hindsight wow um that's quite an opening (laughs) (laughs) so where are we going i think for me the the road ahead is about living in a more compassionate way to myself and to others as well. Cause sometimes I think the really cruel thing about shame is it, it can hit other people too. Like your shame can really impact the people that you love or the people you work with because it can make our behavior, uh, kind of gross. Uh, that's, that's my experience. So again, I think if we, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's definitely such a thing as too much reflective time. I definitely got that. And like lockdown too, I was like, okay, I think I know myself now. And I actually don't really want to spend any more time with her. Um, but, uh, 
you know, it's like getting the right balance of self-reflective to be a kinder person to yourself and a kinder person to the world. And then when we slip into the balance of like too reflective, too introverted, too uh, self-absorbed or, or um, indulgent even. And um, I think we each know that that kind of internal compass will tell us if we're going in a little bit too deep. Although that's actually something for me that hindsight helps with. I'm like, oh, that was that wasn't uh, that was a little too uh, too maybe self reflective, and actually come up back into the world and f- find your feet again, get grounded, and. You know, yeah, like, it can you know, become a habit sometimes, I think, mm. you know, or, or perhaps, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm only speaking from my own experience, but I have noted um, it can, you can go into rumination, you can go into just spinning yeah. around the little roundabout. Um, and, I, you know, I have to kick myself off it every now and then because you're not being proactive, I think is probably a, a good term. You're just sitting going around the same little story. So you have to come out That's of the it. story. Um, but I it, think exactly. you do have to do it a few times to maybe catch yourself. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. And uh, I've, I think I'm, there's few things that I'm more certain about that. Uh, okay. Number one, that things will change and including how I feel about myself and what is happening around me. Another thing that has helped me kind of figure out some some um, areas of shame is the use of labels. Uh, okay. I've been thinking a lot about labels recently because I think as part of this sort of self-reflective period, and again, it was a huge luxury to have that space. And I think, you know, it's because I, I don't have children. I was living alone. Um, I lost my, my business was on hold because of the pandemic. Uh, I had recently separated. It was just me in a new town. Uh, I'd moved to Connemara just two months before the pandemic or a month, I think. And so, yeah, it was just me, my plants, which I gave, all of them names. Um, they became, <laughs> we became dangerously close. I became very attached to my plants, and uh, and then it was just me and my my little dog. So, um, but yeah, I think in this uh, in this period there was space to figure out the different parts of what make up who I am right now. Mm. Um, and there have been some labels that have been really, really useful. So, um, one label is that I recently came out to my family and my friends and then, uh, kind of more in a public way as public inverted commas, but just on Instagram to, to the community that I really love there that I am queer and I'm in a relationship with a woman at the moment. It's so exciting because she's awesome. Uh, it's not just exciting that um, that I've come out. It's uh, yeah, but so so what strikes me about these labels, and I identify as queer, uh, and I suppose what it helps me do is it helps me kind of it helps me understand myself in a more full way. Um, it helps me make room for the part of myself that's really attracted to 
well, right now, just this one woman, uh, which is <laughs> awesome. Uh, but um, the, but also, it it gives me uh, resources to understand and dismantle any shame that I might have, which is why I came out so late in life. I'm 39 and, um, I just came out to myself in the last couple of years and it's, you know, it's really easy to see why I I didn't, I didn't come out earlier. Um, growing up in the eighties and nineties, just was a very different space, very different time. Um, and so I, I understand why, why it took me so long and I, I don't, it's okay. It was the right time. And, and that's, and, and I'm here now and I'm ready to move forward with that. So I suppose the label of queer being a part of the LGBTQ plus community, as I, as I feel, and I've been a part of the community for a while as an ally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I deeply feel a part of that community. Um, even through my business, the sing along social, it's, very much, um, you know, uh, a safe space for, for queer people, for sure. Uh, and straight people too. And it's very inclusive because of the people who come to the events and what they bring to it and the inclusiveness they bring. And that's really, really awesome. But yeah, so having a label like that, I think it allows me, um, access to resources, to support, to community as well. Mm. Um, and, and then I think the trick is with labels that it doesn't become our entire identity. Um, it's that it doesn't define. Yeah. It's not a box from, you know, to contain it's just again, another roadmap potentially. Yeah, exactly. And another really important label that I've, that I've got on my map uh, in the last years, I was diagnosed with ADHD, mm. which is attention deficit uh, hyperactivity disorder. And I'm just laughing because I always forget <laughs> what the acronym is. <laughs> the is irony. Classic, <laughs> exactly. classic ADHD. Um, but but I'm really, I, I've uh, I've gone through this really kind of I uh, to me a like just such a massive process with my mental health and this diagnosis and what it meant. Um, so I was diagnosed, I kind of had the realization, um, in the summer of 2020, um, after being told and for quite some time that it might be something, but I think you can hear things about yourself, but it takes a long time for it to sink in or for you to actually listen or whichever way that is. So, um, and, uh, yeah. And then I went through kind of a formal diagnosis pro- process and was formally diagnosed uh, privately, not through the HSC, um, with, uh, inattentive ADHD, which just means, uh, according to this, these kind of, um, collection of symptoms that are associated with this label, um, that, uh, I, um, can easily forget things, can easily get distracted, can also get really hyper-focused on stuff, which is a, has been a huge strength for me, but it's been simultaneously a, a, 
a really something I've really had to learn to work with because it leads to burnout very, yeah. very kind of in a, in a massive pattern kind of way. And then there's also some um, uh, emotional dysregulation as well. So just uh, like really intense feelings, <laughs> um, you know, that are just like overwhelming. And again, these are things that like we all experience at different times or that lots of different types of people uh, feel. And um, for me, having a name or a label for these things that have kind of chronically impacted my life and impacted people that I care about. And I really mean chronically. It's mm-hmm. it's caused a lot of distress for me and for for people that I love and care about. Um, and again, it's like, uh, it's not, it hasn't been awful either. Like it's not, uh, but it's just that I, I, I saw these, I saw these symptoms. I recognized myself in them and I wanted to understand more about it, but the process was very interesting because I then went through this period of like really over identifying it with, with this label. And and suddenly it wasn't just like a little, you know, like code on my map. It was the map. Okay. And it was like, I was this, this, uh, diagnosis. I think that's really, really common. And I think while labels and diagnoses are, so they can be just absolutely life-changing and because like the same with how I feel about identifying as queer it's so being diagnosed with ADHD meant that I had access to a community uh resources and so what I mean by that is um even uh being able to like look into podcasts or listen to listen to podcasts about about ADHD and how it shows up or to you know access therapy that was kind of specialized towards it and um it also so I've got support there but a major thing and I think this is the same with I I would hope what what um what people in the LGBTQ plus community would feel, I hope, and sorry, I don't, uh, I'm, I haven't nominated myself as a spokesperson. <laughs> I literally just came out. That's, that's not right. Um, but my experience with it is it began to dismantle shame. Okay. Um, it began to like just soothe away or like unclog those gross bits in the drains or just kind of like, you know, like a crystal or like a bath bomb that mm-hmm. just sort of goes in the water and it just starts to fizzle away. Mm. That's what it has felt like um, to to learn about this label, to learn about how it might apply to me and to, as you said, to be proactive about it and to be like, hmm, okay, this could be because ABC. How can I set myself up in the best possible way so something as practical as like, (laughs) I have two diaries, you know, there's one on my phone, there's one written down. And I know that if it doesn't get in both places, it's not going to happen. Okay. So simple as that. And it's just a little tool. It's just a little toolkit. But if somebody doesn't know that about me, it can feel if I forget something or I forget a date or whatever, 
um, that can feel kind of shitty for them. But if I can work with them to say, look, when we're planning something together, uh, it goes into two, <laughs> two calendars. Um, and as, as well, like I'm laughing because part of me is still like, could you not just put it in one? Like, I mean, what's <laughs> wrong with you? But, but that's, hey. that, that's the, that's if it takes the, two calendars, that's what it takes, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's it's why I the think worst. labels, you know, I, I, you see for me labels, while they can feel like a box, they can, I, I don't take them as that, you know, I also had this realization uh, that I was ADD or ADHD. I haven't gone for the formal diagnosis yet. It was kind of like, I'll do that in the winter, but I completely identify with everything here. But from the, the words that were coming up for me as you were talking, and I'm applying this to myself, um, you know, obviously, but um, is it's like, I just was looking for a different instruction manual. We all have different instruction manuals. And I was mm. trying to apply this, you know, what's now a buzzword of neurotypical. Uh, and, and therefore, it was just this, this constant circle or sphere of, of killing myself inwardly because I couldn't do th access world, the world in the mm. way that everyone else was doing. So it's kind of like... You know, when you're tuning in the radio and it's all, well, I, I remember growing up with dad's radio beside me as a child and yet he used to tune into the French stations a lot. He was a French speaker and you'd have to kind of keep twisting the thing and you'd get this, all this, and then suddenly you tune in. That's what it's like for me. It was like mm. fucking hell. I have found the right frequency. It's, it's basically a frequency of people of acceptance of instruction manuals of all of those things. And it's taken, mm. you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. Um, I won't say by how many years, <laughs> but it's, yeah, they, they, you know, a label it and, and, and also that's not, that doesn't, it still doesn't define me. I am mm. a soul person just inhabiting this crazy human existence. So it's not necessarily me, but that's, that, that's the, that's the toolkit I need to, to carry on. So if it takes two calendars, I'm delighted <laughs> that you've realized it takes two calendars, you know, that's like, yeah, that's what it takes. Yeah. And I love how you've described that, you know, the tuning into the frequency and just that clarity that can come um, with just understanding a little bit more about who you are and the parts that make up who you are. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I want to tell you about my inner critic. um, And I want to tell you a little bit about what it was like for me to break my ankle. Um, So I think I'll, okay, let's go with the, just very briefly with breaking my ankle, which was again, similarly, I was literally walking on a beach uh, just right outside my house. And I just slipped on the most tiny little rock. I wasn't climbing, it was literally, it was just low tide seaweed slip. And I broke it in two places and I had to be, first of all, the paramedics came down, but they couldn't get me off the beach because it was quite remote. So six local firefighters from Clifton had to come and get me. (laughs) But before they arrived, I had already been given the painkillers. So I was, the minute I heard they were coming, I just... I started laughing and I didn't stop for about three days. And I had this amazing experience uh, just in the HSC in Galway Hospital. Um, I had surgery and I've got, you know, 10 pins and a plate in my ankle. And I swear to God, it was the closest that I got to a music festival in in a year and a bit. And I had, because I was high and there was loads of new people and I was having all these like really small, (laughs) meaningful connections. And I've been sober for eight years. And I actually forgot, like, I have a bit of a buzz when I'm a little bit buzzed. And uh, I just honestly had the best time and I was like in any and I hear they had the radio on it was Fleetwood Mac I was like turn it up and uh anyway that's besides the point but what really struck me is that I was able to it was so easy for them to look at my ankle everybody knew what to do everybody nailed it like the paramedics the firefighters the ambulance drivers every single nurse and doctor that I met they nailed it. And then after I was so blessed to be looked after by all of my friends, um, particularly um, my friends, Clean and Patrick, who invited me to live with them for six weeks because they don't have any stairs. And my flat was, you know, and I know that I contributed to their home in a, in a positive way. Um, but what really struck me about it is that I think particularly because I'd struggled so much the year before with my mental health and it was so difficult to ask for help, so difficult to accept it, so difficult for people to know what to do, to know how to help. It was so different this time and it was so healing to just be like literally healing in so many just different unexpected ways of like, Yep, we all know what to do. You need a lift. You need uh, so you can make yourself a coffee, but you need someone to bring it somewhere, or you know. And um, 
And it, it just really struck me how, and even the experience with the HSE, and I had some experience last year with um, kind of uh, mental health parts of HSE. And again, when I was in crisis, they were absolutely amazing. And then the, the diagnosis part was just a little bit uh Mm, less kind of clear or less less kind of accessible for me and again it's it's i don't it's like again everyone i met was doing their best and all of that stuff and they really really helped but it's it's like we know it's so much murkier it's, there's you know like the difference just between and this and i shouldn't be generalizing about physical health because there's also so many physical health things that that are so murky and difficult and hard to treat. And, um, but a broken ankle was just an absolute joy and gift. <laughs> so what it, meant, what it meant was um, I really leaned into accepting the help, I think is, you know, apart from, I just, it was really, it felt really right. And, and like, this is what I have to do. My one job here is to just let my bones heal and accept the help that I need. Mm. Um, and that was very different from say struggles with, with mental health. And it, it was a real sign that actually I had done work dismantling that shame, dismantling, uh, the inner critic that I've lived with for my entire life. Mm. And I think I don't, I think, um, I don't think you have to have any kind of diagnosis or any, you know, identify with any mental health kind of label to, to have a vicious inner critic. There's so many reasons why that would get in there and stay in there when, from when we're really tiny little things. Um, certainly for me, it's, um, if my, my instincts, uh, as a kid would be to be loud and creative and, and jump and, and, uh, you know, things that girls aren't supposed to do. So, you know, you're and an a little bit, a little bit loud and a little bit distracted and all these things. So, you know, you get told a lot and not by, not by my close family, I must say. I'm, and I think one of the reasons I am, I've succeeded and I am proud of the things that I've achieved is because of my family support. They've always cheerleaded me and they've always been like, you know, She's, she's a little weird, but that's what makes her great. And, you know, what a gift, like what a gift. Mm. Um, I'm extraordinarily, extraordinarily lucky. Um, so for me anyway, a couple of years ago, maybe a year or two into therapy, I, so I, I, um, stopped drinking alcohol and, um, other, you know, I, it was really alcohol that I was engaged in as a, as a big, um, just a number, like to just numb these thoughts, to just like try and just quieten it down to get away from my mind, literally out of my yeah. mind to just, yeah. just get away from it. Um, get away from that horrible, vicious inner critic and the feeling that I wasn't good enough, the feeling that everything I did was wrong, that why couldn't I just be like other people, blah, 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 insert whatever it is that you're saying to yourself. That's mean. Um, and so uh, when I gave up, when I gave up drinking, um, there was some really amazing early positive benefits. Uh, for example, my hair got really shiny 
like Ooh. a cup. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And I think it's just a real sign of health. health. Uh, okay. And so my physical body was like, oh my God, this is great. Um, you know, little things just like getting back to probably my natural weight um, and like bright skin, energy, all that stuff. But emotionally, I was an absolute bits because okay. all of this stuff that I'd been numbing for 15 years was just like, we need to be seen. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, it was, yeah, it was tough. Um, so I started therapy then and, uh, yeah, pretty soon my therapist, uh, so it was just psychotherapy and, um, so talk-based therapy, we're looking at how our past is showing up today. That I suppose that's a, a basic, at least I think that's what I've been doing for seven years. Um, but basically, uh, she said, my therapist suggested, why don't you give your inner critic a name? Okay. Um, it will help to externalize the voice. And so I, I, I love this idea and um, I called, so I called my inner critic Aunt Linda and she's not based on any of my aunties at all who are all awesome. She's based on a Saturday Night Live character, which is uh, one of Kristen Wiig's characters. Okay. And she's basically this like older lady who, who she comes on to do movie reviews, but she hates everything. Like she hates all of the films, all the actors, she hates the name of the film, but she also hates the cinema seats, the popcorn, the people who are working there, like she's cute and she got all mad about it. So she's just like the most toxic person, you know? Um, so it really helped me to start thinking about this inner critical voice as Aunt Linda, because it kind of yeah. made me laugh if I wasn't like in, in Aunt Linda's grips. But again, it just, it made that voice it may it, it it allowed me to have some perspective on those mm. things that I was Separation. saying to myself. Yeah. yeah, so that I could be like, "What the fuck, Aunt Linda? Like, what? <laughs> like, what are you saying?" And um, and it still doesn't, you know, it doesn't have a hundred percent um success rate. What I notice is when I'm when I'm extra vulnerable, if I'm tired, is a, a massive one, or if something has upset me or whatever if I'm flooded with emotions of course it's harder for me to be like it's Aunt Linda you know um but but it has it has had a really massive uh, positive impact on on how I speak to myself and what's kind of cool is you know my family know who Aunt Linda is and uh, my friends know and people who I work with know so if they catch me like what you're saying you know we 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 don't know what we're saying to ourselves half the time no, you know we don't no. notice it because it's so part of like so part of us yeah so if someone's like is that aunt linda and i'm like oh my god yes she crept in and just like let's say you know you go to a party and there's somebody there that just triggers you it's like how can we learn to be in the same space as that person without letting them have all your power and that's how i feel about aunt linda and the inner critic i'm like she's gonna be there forever she is she is a part of me she's and and that's the that's kind of at first when i realized i was like oh my god i'm stuck with this wagon i was like <laughs> damn but, but now i'm kind of like we're friends now because okay. i know 
all she wants is for me not to make an idiot of myself. That's actually all she wants. She's afraid I'm going to fail. She's afraid people are going to think I'm stupid. She's afraid I'm going to make a fool of myself. And she just has this like really gross, toxic way of trying to protect me. So I can be like, you know what, Aunt Linda? I actually don't need you here right now. Mm. You can please just um, go to the front room and I don't know, watch something toxic on telly. I just busy yourself with something else. <laughs> um, but that's had a really enormously positive impact on. Wow. Amazing. Um, I, I, yeah, I never named my inner critic because I, phew, I didn't, I, ugh, I didn't even identify that I had it. I was just, you know, this yep. super high, crazy what how do you even what's the word uh like i seem to think i had to reach this 150 percent perfection and anything less than that was just absolute idiocy and i knew i mm-hmm. could never reach that because i'm actually quite messy i can never do things perfectly so then i'd cut myself off from even doing it and the whole mm-hmm. story would spin off again so i never um I never put a name on it, but it's something I would certainly play with now. <laughs> mm. But but um, even just hearing it, identifying it, or you know, coming up with some way yourself to put, mm. I think it is the separation piece or just understanding. Um, okay, and that's that's going on, but we but but still we're moving. Mm. And like you said, it it can be like an abusive relationship. You yeah. Know? Sorry, just as in, it can feel that. For me, I know that. The before and the, still at the times when, when it, when I can't say that's Aunt Linda, and when it just feels like the truth, you know mm-hmm. that these terrible things that I'm saying to myself or thinking about myself are actually just the truth, and I'm overwhelmed by that. It it has a physical impact. It yeah. uh, when when there were times when I was really stuck in a in a in a shame swamp, you know, for a pe- over like a longer period of time, um, you know, I would become physically ill. Uh, I would become uh, depressed. I would, you know, it starts with anxiety and then it and it leads to depression or, you know, or would or get getting colds, burnt out. You know, the, it all adds to that. So again, it's like why I feel more and more committed to just, you know, understanding that there is no such thing as perfect. It has been a battle, you know, it really has to go through that. Oof, and, uh, you know, to come out the other end feeling mm. stronger and, um, and more hopeful. And, you know, I wasn't sure I would feel that way again. So it's really cool to just be able to reflect that and feel excited um, about the future. For anyone listening that may be in a holding pattern, wondering about potentially their sexuality or labels or on not understanding, like we've spoken about ADHD, mm-hmm. um, in hindsight, we've, we've heard that you've gone through therapy and obviously uh, being able to surround yourself with great friends, which is amazing. And, you know, moving to Connemara, are there any key pieces that you would say, please, please do this for yourself? Or is there something, mm. 
you you wish somebody could have told you or is it the classic you just have to go through it but um mm. we we can hear the wonderful story of coming out the other side and you're you're ready now you have your you know I have this beautiful image of you in your crispy white shirt and your freshly packed bag and no <laughs> no doubt there will be other you know the, there'll be other whirlwinds down the road of course but you yeah. have a, a new I mean it's a new set of tools. it's a and it's a white shirt. Like I'm yeah. going to get it stained, stained. like yeah. in five minutes. Um, yeah. So, and that's okay. It's like not being afraid of that either. Like maybe knowing that, uh, you know, that, that's what, uh, that is why I feel a bit more hopeful these mm. days is that I know that there are challenges coming. Um, and it's just that perhaps, uh, with these tools, I can continue to build up strength and resilience to bounce back from those challenges. Um, I think for me, I do think therapy has been just so vital for me. And I think it, that is all about finding your therapy. What has also been important is, Oh God, you see, this is the thing. It's like, like you say, you just have to go through it, but it's for me, it's finding the bits and the pieces that make up your, your toolkit and your strength building support system. So, Mm. um, so for me, it's like, uh, therapy, it was, you know, giving up alcohol, it was starting sea swimming. It was, taking medication for anti-anxiety. It was, you know, all these things, none of them work alone. None of them, you know, they help, they help alone, but, but it's, again, it's about this fuller picture of like, and then understanding that when things go out of balance or, or being able to recognize, huh, okay, why am I crying in the middle of a, an ad for uh, chocolate or whatever? I'm like, uh, <laughs> have I been sleeping? <laughs> have I gone for a sea swim? You know, um, understanding those signs, uh, understanding my, understanding my menstrual cycle has been enormous yeah it only took me 38 years but i think i figured it out oh no i haven't had my period since i was born <laughs> sorry god that was that would be tough but seriously understanding that 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 energy flow and working with it instead of against like i think that's a really good analogy for all the other stuff it's like knowing what how you work and then supporting yourself through it and it's I, I, and again, just fighting against, I'm even fighting against it now. I'm like, God, you sound so indulgent. Like, you know, and it's just like, this is not indulgent. This is how to make life, which is really hard, how to make it a more enjoyable process for yourself, a more fulfilling process for you and for the people that you care about and your community. It's not indulgent and it's not selfish. No, it's Um, truthful. It's just truthful. And, you know, a lot of the the stuff we tell ourselves and the boxes we keep ourselves in and the all of this stuff can can be the, the marketing, actually. That's the false marketing. Yeah, I'm, you know, sure I can you know, fucking balance all of this and sure I can look good. And, and it was, I remember years ago uh, and I'm digressing now a little bit, but 
oh my God, the kind of disdain I would have with the kind of the perfect woman heading off with her yoga mat. And I'd be like, oh, you fucking, you know, I'm just going to open my tin of beer here. And I'd be really grumbly. Now I enjoy my own humor. So I'd get an awful kick out of some of the stuff I'd come up with in my head. <laughs> but a part of me was just really, I think I was really cross with myself that I just didn't seem to know how to look after myself. And the idea that a bubble bath, oh, go have a nice bath or take a walk in the afternoon. Fuck me, that is fabulous, but that's not actually looking after yourself. It really is listening mm. to trying to under, you know, get it, getting in a little bit deeper. Don't be afraid to look and, and yeah, just honoring, you know what, this situation is, uh, I, I don't want to visit those people because I feel really bad afterwards or, you know, mm. it's, and of mm. course, finding the balance because you have to put up with some stuff as well. But mm. it's taken me that's a it. very long time to figure out what looking after myself really is. Mm, um, absolutely and yeah and yeah I I agree with that and it's it's certainly a work in progress and then you know of course it changes and that's yeah. that's the other thing because you're like oh my god I figured it out and then you're like ah oh, damn it <laughs> the, 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 I'm, I'm at a new level or whatever I'm like oh no it's I'm 85 different. now shit <laughs> I thought I just figured this out no and you're like oh my gosh the rules have changed but <laughs> But I, but anyway, I think if we, if we support ourselves and too, and like, you know, easy way or not easy ways, but a good start is to just notice how you're talking to yourself. And, Mm. you know, I do, it's, we say this, I hear it a lot and, but it actually really, it really works for me. It's like, would you say the things that you say to yourself to somebody else, even someone you didn't like, <laughs> like, would you actually like, yeah. how are you talking to yourself? What did, and just to even notice them. And, and so whether it's like having that external character, just like, just the next time that you give out to yourself. Um, and it'll probably be later today. Uh, you know, um, is are the words matching like what you've done you know mm. like is it appropriate would you say is that how you would react to somebody else and the reason that it's important to do that is because that energy that you're putting towards being really hard on yourself could be funneled into way more effective productive areas of your life and i think and that's what i said at the beginning of our chat is that shame and being hard on yourself are not effective motivators. And that was a, that was a lie that I believed for a long time that if I was hard on myself, it would push me to do the things that I wanted to do Mm. and actually, okay. Yes. It, it was, it pushed me to do things, but it made me sick in the process and it, it, it didn't have any kind of sustainable, um, longevity you know because you're just and so now what I'm doing is pushing myself while being an actual friend to myself being like you know what you kind of did that wrong but whatever okay you'll learn next time let's do it differently Mm. um you're doing your best uh and it just like it's it just frees up my energy to actually then figure out how to do it better next time yeah. or whatever. 
Um, well, I'm very, uh, I, I'm very humbled and thankful that you've had this conversation with me, with us, and I'm also just very excited for you. That's that you've 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 come through a hell of a lot, and you took it on. And yeah, I'm aware that you know, for both of us, I, I'm also very privileged that I was able to uh, afford therapy, etc. Um, but you still have to give yourself credit for for taking it on for yourself and for those around you. Um, I have three very short questions that I'm doing as part of the series. Um, so I'll fire them at you. They don't have to be uh, very deep or they can be. Um, <laughs> what, what sorry, do you... <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any other gear. <laughs> uh, what are you sorry you didn't give up earlier? Uh, I... <sighs> Hmm. Shame. I am sorry yeah. I didn't give it up earlier. Yeah, I, th I, I was about to say I think you've answered that, but I didn't want to answer <laughs> for you. <laughs> and what are you sorry you didn't start earlier? Um, I'm sorry I didn't start self-compassion earlier i'm sorry uh i didn't start um yeah i'm sorry i didn't start practicing self-compassion earlier okay and what are you most proud of to date mm. i am really proud of learning to dismantle shame and starting that process and I'm proud to see how that makes uh, my own experience of life a richer one and I'm really proud of how it's positively impacting my relationships and I hope uh, my community uh, on a wider level. Hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you were going to say proud of yourself. <laughs> because as somebody with ADD and, and having recently uh, come out as a queer person, I, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's wonderful that you're able to step in to uh, these soft labels because that's all they are. They're pliable and soft and it's variable. A, yeah. It's such a great way to put it. Yeah, mm. a soft label. I love that. Mm. Mm. Uh, Aoife, it's always such a joy and pleasure to chat to you and today more than ever and oh, I yes. yeah I'm always uh, not always but I am deeply humbled and grateful uh, you've been able to and chosen to have this conversation with me and um, it, it, it may just offer a chink of light into somebody else's life and I, I sincerely hope it does. Thank you so much, Jenny. This has been so gorgeous and really an absolute honour and Aww. I'm just thrilled. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and come find me over in Hindsight Conversations on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.